Good morning. Good to have you here this morning, and I'd like you to take your Bibles here this morning. We're going to turn to a book we don't turn to that often. In fact, I don't know how many times I've ever turned to it as an introductory text, but let's turn to the book of Hosea uh, here this morning, and I want to consider a kind of a sobering subject, but again, a subject that I believe should be addressed, and so I want to consider this thought this morning, how a nation can destroy itself, how a nation can destroy itself. And again, I am concerned about our country. I'm concerned about many countries in this world. But I want to consider this thought this morning from the Word of God, how a nation can destroy itself. We'll begin here in Hosea chapter 4, reading the first 10 verses here. To begin with here this morning, then we'll read a little bit in Hosea chapter 13. We'll be actually looking at a lot of Hosea uh, passages here this morning. But let's begin in Hosea chapter 4, verse number 1. The Bible says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge in the land. By swearing, and lying, and killing, and stealing, and committing adultery, they be forth out, and blood touches blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that uh, dwelleth therein shall languish. With the beasts of the field, with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Uh, yet let no man strive nor reprove another, for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Therefore shalt thou fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night. And I will destroy thy mother, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I have rejected thee, and thou shalt have no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity. And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for the ways and reward them for their doings. They shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom. And shall not increase because they have left oft to take heed to the Lord. And that's an introduction to the text I want you to turn to in Hosea chapter 13. Hosea chapter 13. And we'll read the first nine verses of this chapter also. It says, When Ephraim spake trembling, he exalted himself in Israel. But when he offended in Baal, he died. And now they sin more and more. And they made them molten images of silver and idols, according to their own understanding. All of the work of their craftsmen, they say of them, let the men of their, that sacrifice kiss the calves. Therefore they shall be as the morning cloud, as the early dew that passes away, as the shaft that is driven with the whirlwind off the floor, and as the smoke out of the chimney. As I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt... No, no God beside me, for there is no Savior beside me. I didn't know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought, according to thy pastor, so they were filled. They were filled, their heart was exalted, therefore have they forgotten me. Therefore I will be unto them as a lion, as a leopard, in the way I will observe them. I will meet them as a bear that bereaveth of her whelps, and will rend their call of their heart. 
and there will I devour them like a lion. The wild beasts shall tear them. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I want to consider this thought here, how a nation destroyed itself. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for this time we can meet together here and and study from the Word of God and look into the book of Hosea. And Father, as we look into the Word of Truth, I pray that you would help us to uh, take in that wisdom that's in it, help us to receive instruction, help us to even uh, consider the warning, I believe, that's given uh, to some degree, as we see here, a nation that indeed destroyed itself. Again, bless this time as we consider the Word today, help it to be a blessing to hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. And for his sake, amen. You know, when you hear that thought, a nation destroying itself, that should shock you, right? (laughs) Why would a nation destroy itself? But that's exactly what the word of God says here in the Bible. It says in verse 9, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. Why would a nation destroy itself? I wouldn't believe they would seek to do it intentionally, But a nation can destroy itself. A family can destroy itself. A person can destroy itself. And so we find here in the Bible, I believe, a word of warning that tells us a nation can destroy itself. You know, it seems to me that nations are seeking to destroy themselves financially right, right now, all across the world. I mean, they're spending money like there's no tomorrow. They're doing things that seemingly wouldn't make any financial sense at all, but yet they're doing it. And I, I wonder why, and I, I don't get how and anything behind it. I don't know the future to a large degree. I do know the prophetic future to some degree. But I mean, I, I look at this country here, and it mentions the name of the country here in verse number nine. It says, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. There's a, a danger, if you would, that a nation can destroy itself. And again, I, there are people, if you were to type in maybe into your, again, your uh, tablet or computer or your phone, and you would maybe look at nations that have destroyed themselves, and I'd have to believe, again, some nations would be listed there. And again, I think of one of recent years, and I heard of this when I went over to Africa in 2009, but I thought about Zimbabwe. That came to mind for my, to me, a nation that destroyed itself. I don't know the whole history of that, but I I believe from all the people that I heard from, it was a nation that was thriving in Africa. It was one of the greatest nations with natural resources. It had all kinds of riches and wealth at one time. In fact, there was a leader that was leading in the right direction, it seemed like, and then all of a sudden things change, and you don't hear about Zimbabwe in the news anymore. Zimbabwe is not one of those major countries in Africa anymore. I mean, South Africa, you might hear about from time to time, but Zimbabwe at one time was a very wealthy country and had very much wealthy resources. But I think about Zimbabwe from what I heard down there in Botswana, they destroyed themselves. The government destroyed the country. And there are many countries, I believe, throughout history that have probably, in a sense, destroyed themselves. Here, the Bible says clearly that Israel had destroyed itself. This is Hosea saying this. Israel had destroyed itself. But I want to consider here from this passage of Scripture, the book of Hosea, especially here, 
how Israel had destroyed itself. How did it do it? Well, let's look at verse number 6 to begin with here in Hosea chapter 13, verse number 16. It says, according to their pasture, so were they filled, and they were filled, and their heart was exalted. Therefore, have they forgotten me? How did Israel destroy itself? Let me say this. I believe it was because of national pride rather than national humility. It destroyed itself through pride. Twice here in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah speaks of Israel, and it talks about especially its pride. It talks about it here. But again, I just want to go back here in Hosea chapter 5 here and look at what led to the destruction, I believe, of Israel. What is it the root cause many times that will cause a family, a country, a church, or whatever it might be to destroy itself, maybe even a company? It could be pride rather than humility. Hosea chapter 5, I want to just read there, verse number 3 through verse number 5, it says, I know Ephraim and Israel, it is not hid from me, for now, o Ephraim, thou committest whoredom, and Israel is defiled. Thou wilt not frame their doings to turn to their God, for the spirit of whoredoms is in the midst of them, and they have not known the Lord. The pride of Israel doth testify to his face. Therefore shall Israel and Ephraim fall in their iniquity. Judah also shall fall with them. Israel and Judah were divided. Israel here is mentioned as falling, and Judah would fall, follow them. Why would they fall? Because of pride. The pride of Israel doth testify. There's no surprise here as far as God and his word is concerned why the nation of Israel fell. It fell because of its pride. Its pride testifies to its face. You know, people don't think much about pride as a sin, but the nation of the ten tribes there, of, of the nation of Israel, was a, a sin of pride. Let's turn to Hosea chapter 7. National pride can lead to a fall. Can I say that again? National pride can lead to a fall rather than humility. You know, God would have us to be humble, that we be exalted. If we are proud, we shall fall. That's what the Bible teaches over and over again. A nation full of pride is going to fall. It doesn't matter what name their country is. It doesn't matter what nationality might be behind it. But it will fall. Hosea chapter 7, verse number 10 and verse number 11 says, The pride of Israel testifieth to his face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. Ephraim also is like a silver dove with a heart, they call to Egypt. They go to Israel. You know, as a nation has struggles, maybe in a lot of different ways, again, a nation might try to, again, try to find help in some other country or another place. But the problem, the root problem with Israel, I believe, again, is the reason why it mainly fell because of, it was because of their pride. People were full of pride full of self, full of self-reliance, full of uh, believing they can and they will and they can do what they want to do and they're, 
again, a, a prosperous country and things are going well, etc. And so they pursue their dreams, their aspirations, their wonders, their, their desires, their ambitions. And the Bible warns that their pride would lead to their fall. When a nation won't return to the Lord, it will fall. Verse number 10, it says, The pride of Israel doth testify to its face, and they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. I mean, trouble comes, and they just don't turn to God. Do you hear any national leaders, political leaders in a country saying anything about returning to God? Our president, does our president say we need to turn to God? Uh, we got all this crisis going on in our country, and we need to turn to God? I don't know if it's crisis, or maybe it's not crisis, but, I mean, is there need, is, do you hear anything like that? Uh, any of the congressmen coming out, senators, representatives, you hear anything from Doug Burgum lately, the, the mayor here in town, or anybody saying anything about turning to God? No, I, I don't hear that. Or, am I just missing it? I, I think we're in trouble. We're a nation destroying ourselves. And part of it's because of pride. Returning to the Lord? No. Verse 11, it says, Ephraim also is like a silly dove without heart. They call to Egypt, and they go to Assyria. Just turn to other people, other persons, personalities, maybe people that are experts, and, and let's, let's, let's look there. Let's see if we can find help there. A nation's self-reliance will lead to its fall. People reliance is not good for a country. I mean, we have this model, and God we trust. But do we trust? Pride, it seems, in our country, we as a people, we talk about we can overcome. Human skill can overcome. Education can overcome. A new science discovery can overcome. Maybe a new medicine can overcome. Through persistence, through perspiration, through aspirations, through dedication, through innovation, through human strength. We will overcome. Let's turn to Psalm 118. But where's God in all that? Where is God in all that? He's not in any of it. I, 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 at least not most of it. I mean, I, I, the characteristics of perseverance and aspiration, expectation and dedication, those are great things, but if God's not in it, if God's not there to help with it, if God's not the one that is uh, behind it, I believe a nation will find themselves in trouble. There's gay pride, but is there God pride? Race pride, but is there righteous pride? Education pride is sadly, but we don't see the pride that we should have. There should be people proud in their God. Psalm 118, verse number 8 and verse number 9, the Bible says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. 
No, in their troubles, Israel was turning to other countries, Assyria. When I turn to the Lord and trust in the Lord, the heart doth testify against himself. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 16. As we think again about a nation destroying itself, Israel was about to destroy itself. Judah would follow them. And why would they fall? I believe the root problem was because of pride. Self-reliance, not reliance in God. Not looking to the favor of God or the help of God, nor praying to God, nor purposing to follow God, nor trusting God, nor getting to learn about God. Turn from all that kind of stuff. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 18, the Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I believe most of you know that verse and are familiar with that verse, but again, I know this is more likely talking about individually, but it can be corporately. Israel, Zimbabwe, the USSR is a group, uh, certainly again other Countries throughout history, Roman Empire, etc., all fell, I believe, in part because of pride. Jeremiah, let's turn over there, Jeremiah chapter 50. I don't want to spend too much on this thought about pride because there's other reasons why this nation was destroyed, but we just want to kind of hammer home the first point because it's needful that we see. I believe that the Bible would teach that there's a danger to national pride. I'm not saying there shouldn't be unity. I'm not saying there shouldn't be some continuity. But again, all these things should be under the realm of God and under the need for God. Jeremiah chapter 50 and uh, verse number 32, the Bible says, Their camels shall be as booty, and the multitude of their cattle as spoil. And I will scatter into the, all the winds them that are of the outermost corners, and I will bring their calamity from all their sides. Uh, therefore, saith the Lord. Actually, I'm reading chapter 40. That's 49. It's a good verse too. Chapter 50, verse 32. I better read the right verse here. The Bible says, The most proud shall stumble and fall, and none shall raise him up. And I will kindle a fire in their cities, and it shall, be, it shall develop all, all around them. And this is definitely not talking, it's talking, I believe, against Babylon there, verse 29, to call together the archers of Babylon. And uh, it goes on and says, the most proud shall stumble and fall. The most proud shall stumble and fall. Uh, it seems, again, some indicator that it's not good for a country to get most proud that it might stumble and fall. When a people won't return to God, won't seek God, won't fall before their knees before God, won't even recognize God to a large degree, I believe that nation will fall. Psalm chapter 9, let's turn over there, Psalm chapter 9. I read this verse and I wonder about it. I'm sure many of you have wondered about this verse too. But it says this in Psalm chapter 9, verse number 17. It says this, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. The nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. The wicked shall be turned into hell. The Bible certainly again warns about hell. 
In chapter 10, verse number 4, it says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all their thoughts. His way are always grievous. As thy judgments are far above out of his sight. As for thy enemies, he puffeth at them. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Certainly a lot of intellectuals in a country won't seek after God. They're just too smart for God. They know too much. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. A nation will fall because of its worldly pride. A nation can fall into an internal type of a fall where it says the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell. How a nation can destroy itself, the root issue, I believe, is pride. But if you turn back to Hosea chapter 8, there's another thing involved with a nation destroying itself. And I want to just mention this. Again, it, uh, it covers a wide variety of things. But I want to mention here, as I believe it's mentioned here in the book of Hosea, purpose for us to see here, Hosea chapter 8 and uh, verse number 7 and verse number 8. <clears throat> a second way in which a nation can destroy itself is sowing to the wind. Or may I say, sowing to sin. Hosea chapter 8, verse number 7 and verse number 8, it says, verse 7, it says, For they have sown the wind, they shall reap the whirlwind. It hath no stock, the bud shall yield no meal. If so be, it yield. The stranger swallowed up, Israel is swallowed up. Now shall they be among the Gentiles as a vessel wherein is no pleasure. Israel become a vessel wherein is no pleasure. How did it get there? Well, it says there in verse number seven, they have sown to the wind. They have sown to the wind. I can see you sowing to the ground, but sowing to the wind, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, would it? I was out here, if I, I thought about doing this in the next few days, I mean, the water, I mean, the moisture's pretty good here, and we, I thought we were going to lose a lot of our hill from grass and all that kind of stuff. And uh, as I was out here yesterday, and I was looking at the grass and that sort of thing, I was thinking, we need to sow some seed on this hill again. It seems to be an uh, every year problem of sorts. Some years, I'll, I'll sow some seed on the hill there. And... Uh, for the purpose of growing things. But can you imagine if I just sowed seed and tossed it in the air and, and really had no purpose or point to it? I just threw it around and didn't try to plant it in the ground at all, didn't try to fertilize it, didn't try to uh, hope that there was moisture again so the plants might grow. What if I just sowed the wind? That's what Hosea says, that the nation of Israel, they had sown to the wind, and the Bible says they will reap the whirlwind. Israel for years had sown to the wind. Had sown to things that do not profit. Sown their lives to idols. 
sold their lives to evil, sold their lives to wickedness. And the results would be the whirlwind coming upon them. Hosea chapter 9, let's go forward here. A word of warning to a nation. It's not smart to sow to the wind things that don't profit, right? Don't profit to sow to the wind and make sense made to sow to the ground and sow seed in the ground, but to sow to things that do not profit. What good is that? Hosea chapter 9 and verse number 12, it says, Though they bring up their children, yet I will bereave them that their shall not be a man left, yea, woe also to them when they depart, when I depart from them. Want to them when I depart from them. Those are sad words there. Want to them when I will depart from them. Sowing to the wind had led to problems in Israel. And sowing to the wind, I believe, again, is really just sowing to something that doesn't profit. Wonder how many things that countries do that do not profit. How many programs are created that do not profit? How many ideas are filed that do not profit? Sowing to the wind. Sowing to sin. Really, if you want to look at it that way, let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Sowing to things that make no sense, really, at all. I mean, some... Some would say this is this is a profitable endeavor. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna bring you know this group to Valley City to educate us in the diversity. Is there any profit to bringing someone to Valley City that's going to teach people perversity? Nope. Nope. Or a government will you know sponsor some of that, kick some money into that. I mean, you may not know what I'm talking about, but we're going to have some crazy people coming here to town. I'll just call them crazy. I mean, crazy just means you're not thinking the way you should, right? Think of myself. I'm sometimes crazy, right? Dad, he's crazy. His thinking's not right. But just think of that. Sowing to the wind. We're going to invest in diversity. We're going to invest in this and that. We're going to invest in this and that. We're going to buy this and that. We're going to try to do this and that. And all these things, I just think, it's just so into the wind. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse number 1. What would sowing to wind include? To be sowing to pleasure rather than profit. Sowing to pleasure rather than profit. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 1, it says, I said in my heart, go to now, and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure, and behold, there also is vanity. I said in my heart, it is mad and mirth. What doeth it? I sought my heart to give myself to wine, yet acquainting my heart with wisdom to lay hold on folly till I might see what good for the sons of men which they do under the heaven all the days of their life. I mean, you know, someone was going to check it out. Hey, this is what they do. I'm going to do it too. I'm going to try it out. I'm going to see how it works. And he does what I call this grand experiment to see what it's like living for the world and the things of the world and the possessions of the world and the pleasures of this world. Again, I'm going to skip through some verses, but let's pick up there in verse number nine. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom retaineth 
remaineth with me, and whatsoever my eyes desire, I kept not from them, I withheld not from my heart any, uh, any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, which I had uh, portioned in all my labor. Then I looked at all the works of my hands had wrought, and all the labor that I had labored, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Sowing to the world and worldly things and worldly pleasures is like sowing to the wind. Israel was sowing to the world. It was sowing to idols. It was sowing to false religion. There was nothing good in it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 23. Is there anything good in religion? Well, someone might say, well, at least they got religion. Okay? Yeah, it might be if they got the right religion, that'd be good. What if they only got religion? America's got religion. Lots of religion now. Lots of different religion. More religion, the better. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, it says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. You neither enter in yourself, neither suffer them that... Go in therein, want you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour women's uh, widows' houses, and for pretense make long prayers. Therefore thou shalt receive the greater damnation. Want you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you compass sea and land to make one proselyte. When he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. Sowing to the wind. It's sowing to things that don't profit. Sowing to pleasure doesn't profit. Sowing to false religion will not profit. Idolatry, Islam, a semblance of Christianity, a false Christianity, a false faith, whatever kind of faith it might be. Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever ism. It's like sowing to the wind. Let's turn back to Hosea chapter 4 there. Hopefully you're keeping your marker there. We're going to spend most of our time again, as I said this morning, in the book of Hosea. Hosea was in a position where they're sowing to the wind. They were sowing to things that don't profit. They were sowing to religion that doesn't profit. They were sowing to a neglect of God that would not profit them at all. Hosea chapter 4, I want to pick up in verse number 6. We read this before, but I want to... Come back here. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt have no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of, thy of God. I also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they set their heart on their iniquity, there shall be like the people their priests, and I will punish them for the, their ways and reward them for their doings. They, they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom. It shall not increase because they have left off to take heed of the Lord. And those words underlying the Bible, they're verse number 10, and it says they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Don't even consider God. Not even considering God. They have left off to take heed to the Lord. Don't consider his word. Don't consider his wisdom. 
Don't consider what might happen. America doesn't consider God when it comes to abortion, do they? They don't consider God when it comes to marriage, do they? America doesn't consider God when it comes to the new love defined, LBGQ+. They don't consider God when it comes to finances or science or family matters or financial matters. A desolation awaits a country that sows the wind. What is a whirlwind? They say it's a tornado. You know, I can put up with most winds, right? 80 mile an hour winds, you've gone through 80 miles an hour winds. But a whirlwind is not something that you want to get caught up in. So we shouldn't sow to the world. We shouldn't sow to pleasure. We shouldn't sow to false religion. We shouldn't sow to a neglect of God and the gospel. It can bring trouble to a life or trouble to a, a country. Noah, for years, preached that a whirlwind was coming, a flood was coming that would destroy the earth. Did anybody listen to him? His family did. <laughs> All the world said, no, no whirlwind's coming. We're doing great. Let's keep going. He preached. Again, is there anyone saying, you know, what's the solution for this country, this crisis? And they're saying, it's God. It's the word of God. It's the wisdom of God. It's following God. It's rejecting the wickedness that is encompassing our country and the world today. Is anybody saying, it's God, we need God. Oh, I know there's some lone voices saying that. But in all this, Hosea is saying there's trouble ahead for us. Hosea chapter 4 there, I want to read on there in verse number 14 through verse number 18. It says, I will not punish your daughters but, but when they commit whoredom, nor your spouses when they commit adultery, for they themselves are separate with whores and they sacrifice to harlots. Therefore the people doth not understand shall fall. Uh, though thou, Israel, played the harlot, yet let no, not Judah offend, and come not to, unto Gilgal, neither so shall it go up to Beth Haven, nor swear the Lord liveth. For Israel slideth back as a backsliding heifer. Now the Lord will feed them as a lamb in a large place. Ephraim is joined to her idols. Let him alone. They drink and sour. They commit whoredoms continually. Their rulers with shame do love give ye. The wind have bound her in her wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. The wind have bound her up in her wings. The desolation that awaited Israel would, would come. Judah would follow. They'd all follow because of pride and secondly because they had sown to the wind things that do not profit I wonder how many things do not profit that people do every day that we're focused on these could lead to our 
destruction, could lead to a country's destruction. But let me turn to Hosea chapter 13, where it says in Hosea chapter 13, verse number 9, it says that they had destroyed themselves. It also gives hope in the last part of this verse, and I want to talk about that briefly here this morning. Help for a nation that is destroying itself or has destroyed itself. Hosea chapter 13, verse number 9 says, O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. I will be their king, whereas any other that may save thee in all cities and thy judges whom thou uh, hast said, give me a king or a prince. I gave thee a king in mine anger and took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is hid, the sorrows of travailing shall come upon him, and he is in no wise an unwise son, for he should not stay long in the place of the breaking forth of the children. I will ransom them from the power of gray. I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. Repentance shall be hid from mine eyes. There's a solution to a nation that destroys itself. And what is that solution? I've mentioned it already. It's help in God. But in me there is help. That's what Hosea wrote here. The hope for someone that's destroying himself or has messed up has ever and always will be the same. The hope is in God. Turn to Hosea chapter 2, verse number 15. I didn't show you this verse earlier, but I just want to come back here as we're getting close to the end of the message here this morning. Hosea chapter 2, verse 15, it says, And I will give her her vineyards from thence and the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth, and in the day when she came up out of the land of Egypt. The valley acre for a door of hope. A nation destroying itself still has a door of hope. And that door of hope is God. That door is Jesus Christ. I am the door. If any man come in, he'll find pasture. He'll find salvation, it says in the book of John. John chapter 10, verse 9 and following. Though not listening and destroying theirself, though abusing themselves foolishly, though sowing again to the wind and reaping the whirlwind, Hosea mentions there's still hope. Turn to Hosea chapter 14. This whole chapter deals with the subject of hope. A nation that was destroying itself from whoring, in a sense, after adultery and idolatry and turning from God and leaving God behind and leaving God out of the picture. Yet, Hosea says there is hope, there can be hope, even for a very wayward Israel. Hosea chapter 14, verse 1, it says, O Israel, same words used there in verse number 9 in the previous chapter, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with thee words and turn to the Lord, say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously so we will render the calves of our lips asher shall save us we will not ride upon horses neither will we say any more to the work of our hands ye are our gods 
For in thee, the fatherless shall find mercy. I will heal their backside. I will love them freely. For mine anger is turned away from him. I also be as a dew unto Israel. He shall grow as a lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be as the olive tree. His smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as corn, grow us as the vine, and scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise? And he shall understand these things. Prudent, and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. A nation destroying itself, their only hope is in the Lord. God desires to bless a country, desire, guys, I believe, to help a country, to give grace to a country, to save a country to be a friend to a country, to be a blessing to a country, to be a hope to a country, to bring joy to a country, to bring healing to a country, to bring love to a country, true love to a country. They can accept or reject it. Verse 1 and 2, it says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thy iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, Take away all iniquity, Receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. O Israel, it says there in verse number 9, Thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help. Let's turn to Psalm 107. I'm just going to close with Psalm 107. Just want to read through a few verses here in closing. A nation can have hope, or a nation can set itself to destroy itself. And again, we see this with Israel. We see this with Judah that followed. We see this with other nations that have been destroyed, I believe, and helped by the Lord or hurt, in a sense, by the Lord. Our help and our hope is in God. Our hurt is mainly caused by ourselves. Thou hast destroyed thyself. Whose fault is it? Not God's. Their own. Psalm 107, verse number 11 through verse number 15, Psalm 107, verse number 11. Because thou rebelled against the words of the Lord and contemned the counsels of the Most High, therefore he brought thee down their heart with labor. They fell down. They were, there were none to help. Then they cried on the Lord in their troubles, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and brake their bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Let me read that verse again, verse 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. Instead of embracing pride, instead of sowing to the wind, Israel needed to turn to God for their help and their hope. A nation can destroy itself by embracing pride and embracing things that do not profit. They need to turn to the Lord to find help. 
Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for the wonderful works that children of men turn to the Lord. It's the solution. Let's close as we consider the word of God this morning.